Good morning. I'm Joanna Roach, and you are listening to The Nature of Nantucket, brought to you by the Mariah Mitchell Association. I'm here today with Emmy Wiz and also August Muller, who are our newest post-backs, which means they've just finished college, and they are here for a year, working on their master's degrees and supporting the astronomy department and doing a little bit of research and living on Nantucket. So welcome, August and Emmy. I'm really excited to have you here today and talk with you. Um, just trying to set this up a little bit for our audience who are listening. So um, can you or one of you explain exactly what this post back year is about and how you came to be part of it? Yeah, for sure. So this post back year basically is a obviously one year, so August to August. Um, annual research position. So we're here on Nantucket through the whole off season as well as the summer to do research projects on galaxies specifically. Um, I'm working on fast radio bursts and Emmy is working on damped Lyman alpha system galaxies. And our kind of day responsibilities are doing academic research and publishing papers and doing kind of conference presentations on this sort of cutting edge science. And then during the night, we do public outreach programs for the island at the Mariah Mitchell Association. So running public open nights, programs for school kids um, and things like that. Forgot the star report. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, great. So why don't, let's start with, um, let's start with you. And why don't you talk a little bit about where you went to college, where you grew up, how you became interested in astronomy, and then we will switch. For sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, the skies are a lot darker out west than they are here on the East Coast, um, which I became very acquainted with when I moved to Philadelphia for college. So I went to Haverford College, which is a little liberal arts school, if you haven't heard of it, on the main line just outside of Philadelphia. Um, and the skies are, as is typical for the East Coast, a lot brighter than they were where I came from back home. And I had sort of begun my undergraduate degree being just a pure physics major. I was really interested in like the particle physics nitty gritty of it and just sort of working with the observatory that we had on campus and learning things about kind of the strength of the astronomers in our department really got me interested in doing research about space and things that we can actually observe and see through telescopes. And so this sort of pushed me astronomy word. Um, my bachelor's thesis was actually on an astronomical research project on something called gravitational waves, which are basically ripples in the fabric of space-time that we recently learned to detect in 2016. And so from there, I've since moved on to this gravity observing, or this, I'm sorry, from there I've since moved on to this galaxy observing project here at the Mariah Mitchell Association. And I'm really excited to kind of go into the depths of telescope observing with this research project. I'm kind of similar, um, although from the East Coast originally, I was I was raised in Raleigh, North Carolina um, and didn't really find my way to astronomy until college. I went to Bryn Mawr College, which is a historical women's college that's down the road from Haverford. So August and I kind of went to college, very similar locations. Um, and I took astronomy classes in the department at Haverford, and that's kind of how I got into it. Um, similarly, started with physics and then decided or learned that I liked the astronomy applications of physics a lot more. Um, my undergraduate research was in evolution of galaxies, but looking at galaxies that are much closer to our own. Um, and now at Mariah Mitchell, I work with galaxies that are much, much further away and therefore older 
um, and they can tell us a little bit about more, a little bit more about the history of the universe. Um, so for me, it's quite interesting to be able to merge this like architect um, archival galaxy studies with what I studied in undergrad, which was like much closer, much younger galaxies. Okay. And so now in this year, uh, are you, you know, have you both decided that, you know, graduate school is something that you want to pursue or are you still sort of thinking about that route? Yeah, I think we're both kind of in the swing of it now. This is kind of the beginning of the graduate application season. So we've both been doing our research um, on, you know, where we want to go, kind of what specific programs we'd like to do um, with astronomy graduate programs. It's typically more like advisor to advisor. So we're kind of having to dig deep into, you know, what field do we really want to do a PhD on if that's what we want to do. For me, that is. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, coming here and doing an, an additional research project that's very, you know, heavily focused has kind of cemented that for me that I want to go to grad school. So yeah, definitely getting into that now. And have either of you ever worked in an observatory before you came here? Yeah. So I actually helped run very similar to our open night program here. I ran public observing nights at the Haverford College Strawbridge Observatory. Um, so very much an analog to the Loins Observatory. We actually had two domes uh, with a 16 and 12 inch telescope respectively. And um, we did a lot of free public programming for the local community around the college and in the greater Philadelphia area. Um, and so I'm really excited to apply those skills here on Nantucket. Great. And so what what do you think has, um, or let's, let's ask this a different way. What's been the thing that most surprised you about the Nantucket night sky? Definitely. Um, it's exciting to have a night sky that's so dark, uh, especially here on the East Coast, where we can see the Milky Way most nights um, and see some more constellation stars than I was able to pick out all those years working at Strawbridge Observatory. Um, that's been really exciting for sure. I think for me, quite similar. Again, growing up on the East Coast, I didn't really have access to dark skies. I grew up, you know, kind of in the thick of the capital of my state. So lots of light pollution. So for me, it's kind of similar. Very, I've been very excited to be able to see the Milky Way every night and, you know, learn more about the constellations that I haven't really been able to pick out as clearly as I have previously in my life. <laughs> That's great. And when you think about applying astronomy to, you know, the future and what, you know, your career might develop into or what work you want to do, uh, talk a little bit about that. Sure. I'll, I'll start with this one. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm definitely interested in working in kind of a um, research-heavy career outside of academia. So it's very common for physicists to go to graduate school and then stay in the academic sphere as professors and as college researchers. Um, and a lot of your responsibilities go to teaching and advising other students, which, um, don't get me wrong, definitely like an interesting and respectable career, but I'm very much interested in working with sort of these national organizations in astronomy that exist a little bit outside of this sphere. So the Space Telescope Science Institute for one, or NASA, which I think everyone would be familiar with, um, just to really get into the nitty gritty of this cutting edge research in sort of a more hands-on way. Yeah, I think, again, it's similar for me. I'm really interested in kind of a science research-based career. I think, um, Comparatively, I am interested in really large-scale galactic surveys. So, you know, telescopes that have these surveys that take lots of data and information about various objects, typically galaxies. Um, and then with that, I'm interested in citizen science applications to that. So there's a really big citizen science project called Galaxy Zoo, um, where volunteers are able to look at 
images and data of these galaxies from these large-scale surveys with tens of thousands of galaxies in them and help us classify different things like, is it a spiral galaxy? Does it have a bar in the middle? Um, is it just like a fuzzy blob and not a good, you know, not a good picture of that object? So I'm interested in working in these kind of large-scale science projects that help bring more data for astronomers to use um, and help engage the public much like we do here, but in kind of a different capacity. Wow, that's that's really very cool. Um, so tell tell us, well, we have a sort of interesting astronomical event coming up on Saturday, the annular solar eclipse. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and what people might see and what a little bit about what we're going to be doing that day here at the Mariah Mitchell Association? Of course. So an annular solar eclipse is kind of a sister to the total solar eclipse. So the total solar eclipse is what we're most familiar with. That is when the moon passes in between the earth and the sun. Um, and because of the comparative sizes of the moon and the sun from our perspective here on earth, their apparent size in the sky is the exact same during a total solar eclipse. So during that event, the moon's disk would block out the um, light from the sun completely, which it gets really dark if you're in the path of totality. Um, an annular solar eclipse, which is what's happening this Saturday, is similar in geometry. So the moon is passing in between the sun and the earth, but it is a bit further in its orbit than um, it typically is. So the moon orbits the earth not on a perfect circle. So there are some points in its orbit where it's a bit further away. Um, so during this event on Saturday, it will be in one of those further spots in its orbit. And so it will not actually fully cover the disk of the sun. And so that will create an annulus or a ring of fire effect where you will have the dark disk of the moon and then a bright ring of what's visible of the sun around it. Um, the like kind of annulus effect is only visible if you're in the path of annularity, which is the kind of twin to the path of totality. Um, here on Nantucket, we are, it will be visible as a partial solar eclipse as well as across most of the continental U.S., um, and so what that kind of means is that from here we will see we will see it as kind of like a like bite was taken out of the sun by the moon. So I think maximum obscuration here in Nantucket is about 20%. And that will happen at around 1.30 p.m. local time, um, with about an hour before and after of kind of the moon coming into the sun and then coming out as it kind of goes through its orbit. Um and then Yeah. So in order to view this, first things first is don't look directly at the sun. It's never safe to look directly at the sun during an annular solar eclipse just because the sun is not entirely blocked out by the moon. So definitely we recommend a pair of eclipse glasses or an indirect viewing method. And if you're interested in any of those, if you want some professional astronomers to guide you through or don't really have any solar view viewing tools of your own at home, you're more than welcome to stop by our Mariah Mitchell Vestal Street Observatory anytime between 12.30 and 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, and we'll show you that little bite out of the sun that Emmy was talking about. So definitely the next annular solar eclipse is in many, many years from now after this Saturday. It's an interesting event. You don't want to miss it. So we would love it if you could stop by. And then, you know, I think there's, I think I saw or read somewhere that there's also some, are they meteor showers towards the end of the month that are happening? Maybe you could share a little bit about that. And then I'd love to talk also about the eclipse that's happening in uh, April of next year. For sure. So I'll start with the meteor shower that's coming up. It's called the Orionids Meteor Shower. And this peaks on October 20. So the night of October 20 slash early morning of October 21. 
Um, it's one of the brighter meteor showers of the year. So definitely worth going out and taking a look for anytime roughly within a week of that peak on either side. Um, so the Orionids meteor shower is actually really interesting because the meteors that are entering our atmosphere and cause this shooting star effect are actually bits of the tail of Halley's Comet when it last passed close to the Earth in the 80s, I believe. So it's super interesting just sort of in terms of where these meteors are coming from, as well as the fact that they're relatively bright for a meteor shower because they're moving so fast towards our atmosphere, actually, because of the the near pass of Halley's Comet. So definitely worth taking a look. Um, and best viewing conditions for that are after midnight um, on any of the days approaching or shortly after October 20. All right. Wow. I didn't know that about the Halley's Comet. That's very cool. Uh, all right. Now tell us about the eclipse that's coming in April. I think you shared the other day um, that it was April 8th. Yes, ma'am. So it is April 8th, 2024. Um, and so this one is actually a total solar eclipse where, like I mentioned before, the disk of the moon will be completely blocking um, the part of the sun that we typically see. So something cool that happens during total solar eclipses is um the photosphere, which is like the regular part of the sun that we typically see day to day, is blocked by the moon. And what we are able to see if you have, you know, your safe solar viewing glasses is you will see the corona of the sun. And this is kind of the much, much hotter, almost like the atmosphere of the sun that we can't typically see. Um, and so this path will be visible. Um, I think it kind of starts in South America and moves up through the United States. Um and so you do, if you want to get like the full, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity viewing path, I'd recommend going to the path of totality. Um, kind of like August mentioned earlier, these two eclipse events that will be happening in the U.S. in the next couple of months, um, one of these will not be happening in the U.S. for a long time after this. So this is kind of like the last chance um, in the continental U.S. to get these to get these viewing opportunities. Um, of course, unless you want to travel internationally, which would be an incredible experience. But um, these ones are a bit closer to home and therefore more accessible to more people. But similarly, um, again, it's not safe to look at the sun directly, even during these total solar eclipse events. So please make sure you have either an indirect method of viewing or the proper solar viewing glasses. Which we have here at the MMA. You can always get a pair of the glasses from us. I know you guys will be handing them out on yes. Saturday. So that's good. And so tell me, is there any, what else is on tap astronomically between now and the end of the year besides these meteor showers and the annular solar eclipse? Anything special that we should touch on? Um, I guess, I don't know if this is special, but one of my favorite things with the changing seasons is, of course, you know, as we move throughout the solar system on our orbit, the constellations change throughout the seasons. Um, and so one of my personal favorite constellations, Orion, is becoming more visible with each passing night. Um, so for our lookup programming, we'll get a whole new constellation tour going um, with some different things that we haven't been able to point out yet this summer. Um, that's kind of a favorite of mine. And for kind of weekly tips as what's up in the sky, feel free and listen to The Star Report, which airs Friday afternoons um, and one of us will take you through kind of a tour of interesting astronomical events going on in the following week. Yes, thank you. I really appreciate that you both do that. Let me ask you um, a last couple of questions, which is, 
So now that you've acclimated a little bit to Nantucket, right, and your jobs, what are you finding the most interesting about living on our tiny little island here? That's a good question. I think for me personally, I really loved being involved with our open night programming. I really love engaging with the community in that way in particular, because we get to have conversations with people about, you know, things that they might not get to have access to, information they might not get to learn about on the daily. Um, So it's really fun to have those kind of in-depth conversations with the community about space topics that they're interested in and learn what they're interested in. Um, I think in the same vein, similarly, I've just loved getting involved with the community. I did a 5k, which was really fun to just like see how people interact. Um, And, you know, there's always something going on here, even in the off season. Yeah. What about you, August? Yeah. So I've, I've never, I grew up inland. I've never lived near an Oceanside community. So um, I'd have to say kind of one of the kind of amazing opportunities in this year for me is getting to learn the different kind of classes of people that you get from the surfers to the fishermen, all of these, in, you know, unique types of individuals that I've not really engaged with before. And kind of to Emmy's point, interacting with all of the different types of people that we get here on Nantucket, it's a really wide range. And so it's been a really great opportunity to get to know all of those people and work with people from all different sides of the spectrum to show them the cool things about space. I love it. All right. So uh, let's see. This Thursday, which is tomorrow, right, we start our uh, Look Up program. So if you are coming up to the observatory, it's free for anyone listening. It's a community-funded program for specifically designed for kids and parents uh, to get out there and look at the stars. So what time do we start tomorrow night? Um, it starts at 7 p.m. And our focus this week and probably some of the coming weeks will be on the eclipses. So we'll be talking about um, kind of what eclipses are, a bit more in depth about the geometry and how how our little moon is able to block out the big, big sun um, and then, of course, our typical constellation tour and looking through our, our amazing two telescopes that we have there. Um, so again, 7 p.m. And so I think that we should remind people to dress warmly, yes. uh, pay attention to our website in the event of inclement weather, and that, you know, kids of all ages are welcome and that you guys, I, I know, do just such a terrific job. If it is cloudy, uh, listeners, we do have a screen and we do share a presentation that we call the cloudy night presentation, where you can learn uh, a little bit about the stars in the sky. So that being said, I want to say thank you so much, both of you, Emmy and August, for being here this afternoon, talking with me a little bit about, you know, your career paths and what you're doing on Nantucket this winter. We very much appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. If you've been listening, I'm Joanna Roach with the Mariah Mitchell Association. Our show is called The Nature of Nantucket, and we thank you for joining us.